Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Welcome to HIV Hope and Charity, a podcast series brought to you by TVPS, a charity that's been supporting people affected by HIV since 1985. I'm Sarah and I'm Jess and we work for TVPS and our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. If you like the podcast, please rate, subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. So Sarah, I am awaiting your steel band extravaganza for the for the jingle you're actually expecting me to do something well no I wasn't because what we discussed is the fact that I would expect you to do something and you wouldn't oh I thought that was just podcast pants no there's no podcast pants here Sarah only statements (laughs) okay no I have not recorded anything (sighs) do you know why because you're lazy Yes, but because it's Winter Olympics. Come on, you know, I'm a massive Olympics fan. That's true. That's true. How's Team GB doing? They're not doing well. But, you know, winter sports are not really our thing, are they? How long does it go on for? Because remember, this isn't going out for a couple of weeks. Oh, no. So by the time this goes out, it will all be over. And I predict that we probably won't win any medals at all. But I don't care. I love it. Okay, yeah. No, I liked it when it was in the UK, but I'm not that bothered apart from that. I mean, I think it's amazing what these athletes do, but, you know, I've got other things. Do you know what I've been doing? Work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm visiting. Well, I have to. (laughs) I mean, if we ever need an expert on short speed skating, for example, I'm here. You're there for it. I am, definitely, and broadening my skill set. I like it. Adding another string to your bow. Well, I'll sing it. H I. You're going to join in. H I V or history. Yes. Every week we have to solve this mystery. Yes. Event or a person, Sarah will decide. Discuss. Describe. If you like oh, our podcast, you better 
subscribe yeah oh my god well done to me i don't know if we need backing music let's just harmonize okay that's that's the thing for next one so today do we have history or heroes We are looking at a moment in history, a very specific day, actually, the 17th of November 2015. What happened on that day, Jessica? Oh, isn't it awful that 2015 feels like it was about two years ago? Yeah. And then I'm like, hang on, no, that was, wait, what? What happened in 20 November? Okay, so November to me would be nearing testing week. Uh, which we'll come to later, but happens every year. It's not just this one year it's popped up like everyone seems to believe. Every year it happens. It used to be held in, in November, the end of November. So I've got no idea. Is it something to do with testing week? Was it like, did someone like Gareth Thomas maybe speak out or? I should put you out of your misery. I mean, because we could be here a while. This could just yes, go on for a really long time. So it was the day that Charlie Sheen publicly revealed that he was HIV positive. I remember where we were when that happened. Yes. We were in the office, weren't we, at Slough? Yeah. We watched it with our service users. It was on the news, wasn't it? I think everybody's probably heard of Charlie Sheen. I mean, he's a massive Hollywood actor, isn't he? Lots of famous films. You'll be impressed. I know he was in Young Guns. That's a good one. Platoon. He was in Platoon. Hot Shots Part Deux. Wall Street. Oh, that that's a great film. And he was on TV shows, Two and a Half Men. I used to like that. Anger Management. Can't think of any more. Yeah, no, he was really big. He was massive. He was married to Denise Richards, wasn't he? I think they're divorced now. Yeah, yeah. Big, big star. Well, I suppose his whole family are famous, aren't they? Martin is the father. Of course, yes. And then he's got um, Emilio Estevez. They're brothers, aren't they? Yes. Very famous family. Obviously, he's an A-list star. And he was in the press quite a lot for his personal life as well. So there were lots of reports about drug and alcohol abuse, domestic violence, issues with his employers, which resulted in him being banned from Warner Brother premises. This was when he was on, I think it was on Two and a Half Men because he left the show, well, he was made to leave the show. Oh, because Ash, Ash, did Ashton, he, he yeah. took over, didn't he, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is perhaps why. Yes. So when he um, announced to the world that he was HIV positive, I mean, it was huge, absolutely huge. And it was, we saw it on the BBC News, didn't we, at lunchtime. And everyone was just like, oh, no. Do you know what I hated, though? Before we go into any more of this, because obviously I know you're going to give us a bit of, like you always do, a bit of history and the backstory and everything. I really hated that it was, we've talked about this before, but it's so sensationalist. You know, this massive American show and he must come out and and like tell everyone and make this big announcement. It's like, would we be doing this if it were were other illnesses? Would we be doing this? Absolutely. It's yeah, very, very true. And we've talked about this before. I can never remember whether we talk about these things on an actual podcast or just when it's me and you chatting. But yeah, why do people need to come out in this way? Which is why we're looking at him, actually, because at the time I thought this is a very brave move and it was kind of sold to everyone as being an exclusive interview but it wasn't when we, when I've looked back at what happened there was a huge build-up to this really yeah absolutely massive I just I'll never understand why the wider public feel they're owed you to come and tell them about that you're positive and give you this explanation and what happened it's just like I, I know we say it all the time god it's none of anyone's bloody business no, and I would normally agree with you, but let's unpick the build-up to the TV interview because it will help us understand what led him to that point. 
So we are going back, as I said, to 2015. But what we're actually doing is we're going to look at an article that appeared in The Hollywood Reporter, and it was written by somebody called Dylan Howard. It was published in April 2016. And it's a recount of how he broke the story about Charlie Sheen being positive when he was the editor of the National Enquirer. And he broke the story shortly before Charlie appeared on American television. So when he appeared and it's like, this is an exclusive interview, it wasn't. The story had already broken. Now, as you know, we try and be as factual as possible. We always reference our sources. The issue with with dealing with something of this magnitude is how do you decipher facts and fiction? So we have to bear in mind that not everything we might talk about might be true or as it was reported in the press, because we are going on press stories with this. But it is true that the story broke in the press prior to his TV appearance. And that's what we're going to look at. How on earth did that come about? Yeah, because I really didn't know that. Like you're saying, I thought it was this was the interview that made the story uh, come to the public platform, not that it was going to go ahead anyway, which is... Mm. Possibly what that sounds like. Maybe hands were forced. So so Dylan Howard, he's quite well known in kind of America's media world. I don't know who you would compare him to in the UK, but the National Enquirer is huge and he's the editor. So he's got quite a lot of power. Is he like Piers Morgan, you know, when he used to be do like newspaper stuff? I would think so. Yes. Is he a divisive person? There there are similarities, I would think. Okay, I'm with you. I, I, I see. Yeah. So he became friends with Charlie Sheen back in sort of 2010, 2011, and he was often in his company. I don't think it probably wasn't a very easy relationship, but I think it makes sense to try and keep the press on side. So, you know, famous people sometimes use the press to their advantage. You know, it's a benefit, isn't it, to maintain cordial relationship with them. So that's, I think, how it started off. And one of the reasons for that was that there'd been lots of press coverage about Charlie Sheen's substance misuse. And Charlie would use Dylan to publicise that he was clean. So in the article, Dylan talks about how Charlie would just ring him on the spare of a moment and be like, test me for drugs now, and then publicise the results to kind of counteract the stories that he was using heavily. And he says in the article, there was one occasion when Dylan ran Charlie to say there's rumours you're on crack cocaine. And Charlie Sheen's like, I'm in the Bahamas, fly out here. He's out there with his wife and two porn actresses. And, and he's like, fly out here, test me, test my wee. And if my wee's negative, you drink it. So, sorry, sorry, what happened? What? <laughs> that is not where I thought we were going with that. No, but that's what he's saying. He's saying, come out, test my wee. If you think I'm on crack cocaine, do the test. And when it comes back negative, you drink my wee. Why would that be a thing? I don't know. The reporter, so he went out there, Dylan went out there, test come back negative. I'm not sure if he drank the wee or not. But the relationship between the two develops from that point because Charlie Sheen's like, fair play. I said, come out here and do this. And you did fly out here. So the reporter becomes part of his inner circle and he's kind of accepted into kind of the fold, if you like. But of course, once he's part of the inner circle, He's privy to a lot of information. Now, there's no way of knowing if what he details in the article is true because, you know, he's a media person, isn't he? He's a reporter. However, there are lots of other media articles about Charlie Sheen. His private life is really well documented. And often the stories have a very similar theme. So they depict someone who um, is violent, threatening, often drug fueled, and someone who's used to getting their own way 
by whatever means that they can because you know they have a very lavish lifestyle so I have checked back just to make sure I mean just to make sure there's not a grudge with this reporter and I'm using this article as the basis for our podcast and then you see oh they don't like each other so they were yeah they were close friends yeah I'd say they were pretty close friends um and Dylan says in his article that you know what he starts to see is someone who's out of control very erratic in his behavior um and making quite poor judgments because of that and once he's kind of ensconced within the inner circle he begins to realize there is a huge cover-up operation going on he starts to do some digging fairly easy to do because Charlie Sheen's inner circle is very big it's not just a few select friends we're talking about an awful lot of people so he had access to lots of people that the press normally wouldn't have had access to and also because Charlie's let his guard down so for example one night Charlie Sheen goes to bed and he leaves his phone out his mobile phone and Dylan is able to look at texts on that phone between Charlie and his ex-partner Brooke Now, the pair had had a big fight on a previous Christmas Day that's well reported in the media because Charlie Sheen got arrested on Christmas Day for that. But from the texts, Dylan learns the fight had been about the fact that Brooke had a video of Charlie having sex with a man. And the man he's having sex with is Brooke's secret lover. Oh, your face. Oh, she always had my phone ready. There's no judgment. I'm just trying to keep up. Well, I mean, I know it sounds really far-fetched, but, it, you know, it's Hollywood. Of course these things happen. To clarify, so at this point, Charlie is with Brooke and Brooke has a lover and the lover is the person that Brooke has the video of Charlie allegedly having sex with. Yes. He's not with Brooke by this point. They've split up, but she's texting him saying, I've got this video. Okay. I, I had no idea. No, nor did I. You know when you kind of delve into the past and then you almost wish you hadn't because it becomes so complex and you get so embroiled in it that it takes over your life? I feel like we're barely five minutes in and we've talked about journalists drinking someone's wee and then there's this complex relationship happening and, and someone you think is their friend. This is like a film and he's going through the phone and finding out this information. This is like a movie, isn't it? No, it most definitely is. But, you know, it's, it's Hollywood. Does this sort of thing happen all the time? I don't know. I hope my friends wouldn't go through my phone if I was went to bed. No. <laughs> Why didn't he have, in 2015, did we not have, um, you know, you have a pin code on your phone. Did that not happen then? I don't know. And I think what we have to remember is that this is just Dylan's point of view. This is very true by him. So did it happen? Didn't it happen? If it did, it sounds really far fetched, but it's possible. But he's kind of building up his case. Um, And this is over a number of years. So in July 2014, Dylan found financial paperwork of Charlie's that could be linked to payments to his ex-lovers, he says, and looks likely that it was hush money. So he's got access to bank statements, I guess. But, and he can see payments going out to people that really Charlie should have nothing to do with anymore. The next month, Dylan made contact with Charlie's former drug dealer who claimed that Charlie was HIV positive and that he'd had unprotected sex with lots of different partners since his diagnosis. And how did he know this? Well, according to what Dylan has written, one of those partners was the drug dealer's girlfriend. So Charlie had bought her a house and put her on his payroll. Are you with me? Yes. So the Dylan, the friend, but reporter, speaks to the drug dealer. He knows because he's had sex, allegedly, with unprotected with the girlfriend. Yes. Of the drug dealer. Yes. Of the drug dealer, yes. And subsequently, he's bought her a house and put her on his payroll. So he's kind of giving her money every month. Hush money. Then a close friend of Charlie's, 
who's also famous, shares a letter with Dylan that he's written. And he's written it to Charlie Sheen, begging him to go public about his status, saying Magic Johnson would sit with him at the press conference. So he's starting to see that, you know, the allegations around HIV don't just come from one source. They're not just those accusatory, give me money extortion type claims. I see what you're saying. There are also other people pleading to say, and especially, you know, Magic Johnson, as we know, go and listen to Magic Johnson episode, very open about his status and does lots of good work in the HIV world. Yeah. So this is now becoming Hollywood's worst kept secret. Everybody seems to know about his status. A lot of people um, are exploiting the situation for their own financial gain by blackmailing Charlie Sheen. And to combat that, Charlie Sheen is getting people to sign non-disclosure agreements and he's trying to bully them into keeping quiet. And the disclosure focuses around the fact that people can't raise concerns that the star's having unprotected sex, even though that they know he's positive. So in a way, Charlie Sheen is part of the problem. Some are blackmailing him about his status and lifestyle and he's blackmailing others. Oh, it's like a big web of deceit, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And everybody's kind of embroiled in it. So by this stage, I mean, the heat's starting to crank up now. A blog post appeared on a gossip site that claimed Charlie Sheen was positive and paying out millions to people to keep it a secret. Now, the blog was very quickly taken down. And Dylan claims that financial records show that there was a payoff for doing so. But at this point, I mean, Dylan risks losing this scoop because, you know, the news is already out there and someone's already put it in the public domain. So he's hardly likely to be derogatory about himself within the article. He spent a lot of time gathering evidence so that he can put his story together. He doesn't want anyone else to break it before he does. So I do think, you know, was he, how manipulative was he? Was he stirring up the pot within the inner circle? I mean, we don't know. But I think when we're discussing all of this, we can't forget that he's a reporter with a massive story that he wants to break. It just seems like everybody, the morals of everybody have just gone mad. Or all over the place. Everyone's questionable. And actually, was anyone really friends? Because it doesn't massively sound like, I know we're saying he was in the inner circle, but I wouldn't say it sounded like they were friends. It sounded like, from my own perspective, from that Dylan was someone that got into the the inner circle, but not that they were friends, just that he was a journalist, a reporter who'd always managed to go undercover in some respects to get a story. He definitely was undercover and he's definitely prying into areas that, you know, he has no business to know about to get this scoop, I suppose. I mean, during this time, Charlie Sheen is aware that things are kind of ramping up and Dylan sees messages that include violent descriptions of what he'll do to people, including the famous friend that had written to him to say, look, you know, I think you should go public. And he said one of the messages he sent to this friend is, um, you know, you've got to learn the hard way. Watch your back. Oh, and your front. Oh, on both sides. He goes on to say a lot worse, but he's definitely telling people to kind of butt out of all this. Dylan by now had enough evidence for the story to run. So he's got video footage, text messages, verbal accounts, witnesses. So his legal team at the Inquirer contact Charlie Sheen's legal team. Unsurprisingly, they threatened to sue them. So the Inquirer backed down. But really, that just gives them a bit more time and determination to prove their story. So Dylan says, look, we backed down temporarily, but we were determined to bolster our sourcing even further. And the next 11 months were nail biting. So he's thinking, you know, I've got all this information, but actually someone else could break this story. Or Charlie Sheen could decide to just come out himself and tell everybody. 
He says, my relationship with Charlie was shot irreparably. Every story we broke about him over that time provoked another tantrum, but we ran with them all anyway. In March 2015, we revealed his assaults on Scottine, that's one of Charlie's ex-partners, and through the summer and fall uncovered seven more sources along with video, email, photos and text messages confirming Sheen's HIV status and more importantly, the scale of his efforts to keep it secret. And then we were ready to publish because we felt our story was now completely watertight. So that threat to sue meant that the Enquirer team had more time to get everything completely sewn up so that even if they were sued, they would be able to counteract it with evidence and proof. What they did next is in October 2015, he says we pulled an old tabloid trick. It's called running a blind item. So they ran this kind of item about a bad boy, Tinseltown star, whose explosive secret is that he's HIV positive, like a teaser campaign. We've seen these happen in the UK media. Oh, yes, yes. And they always get you wondering, oh, who could that be? That's exactly what they did in the Enquirer. What, do we know why they do that? Just to hype up excitement and interest in the story? Yes. And what resulted is that more individuals then came forward. People have seen it and said, actually, I know who that is. And I know I've had unprotected sex with them. So it's building their case up even more and and making it even more watertight. And then Dylan took a phone call from a member of Charlie's team asking if the Enquirer intended to publish his name. And his response was, why, if he was not the man in question, why are you even calling to ask me? So in other words, his own team blow his cover. And that's the final thing that they need as as proof. Oh, my goodness. I suppose they didn't think that through. I think it's just panic by then, isn't it? Yeah. And it was inevitable that it was it's like a snowball, isn't it? It's getting bigger and bigger and faster and faster going down the hill. I know. So that was on November the 11th. The next day, Charlie's people begin discussions with NBC about an interview. And the following Monday, Matt Lauer and Today, that's the programme he appeared on, tweeted that Charlie would appear the next day to make a personal announcement. So within minutes, the National Enquirer published their story online. So they they did it the day before? Yes. So they put the story online and then um, obviously followed it up with printed version. Uh, And it revealed for the first time and in great detail what they call the extent of Sheen's debauchery and the spectacular arc of his flame out. That's what they call it. And Dylan says, you know, we went to town. Every single word was true. Goodness me. I know. I know. And he said at the same time, relevations, relevations, no, (laughs) revelations. Relevation. A new word. But at the same time, revelations keep coming. So they've got worried um, ex-lovers lining up to declare that he knew he was HIV positive when he slept with them. Uh, He has got people that he knows are seeking legal advice on what to do. And after the Enquirer published their full story, Dylan had to employ personal security because many people told him, you know, Charlie Sheen doesn't make idle threats. You know, he's got a motive against you now and he will carry that through. So they, wow. So people were genuinely still very concerned that it wasn't just an empty threat that, you know, someone's panicking and they're trying to stop you from taking this forward. They actually thought that he would move forward with harming people. Crikey. Yes, definitely. So Dylan says in the article, you know, why did we publish? And he says the truth The answer couldn't be simpler because it was the truth. 
that entertainment journalism can get a bad press, no pun intended. But in this case, the right to privacy of one individual was far outweighed by the risk to those who did not know about his HIV status. That's the stance they're taking, a very moral stance that these people have a right to know that they may may have contracted HIV or they may have put themselves at risk by sleeping with Charlie Sheen. You'd think if they were that bothered about people's health and things, they might have like spoken to them. I mean, maybe they did behind the scenes sooner about his status rather than I suppose they're assuming that he was allegedly going on to have much more unprotected sex with other people and they've just let that happen so it's quite hard to take the moral high ground when you've waited another year to you know exactly and this whole investigation took what four or five years so I don't buy what he's saying no, you got the scoop of a lifetime and you had all the evidence to back it up. The National Enquirer is really well known in America, so it didn't need to put them on the map, but it wouldn't have done them any harm that they've got such a huge story. Yeah, fair play for trying to put that kind of moral spin on it. But like you say, they'd known about this for a long, long time. It's muddy waters all round, is it? It's like what Charlie Sheen's doing over here and threatening people and it's not great. Dylan's doing it. It's not great either. I feel like no one can really be the the angel in this situation of I'm the one taking this like higher ground. I know. I know. And I think, you know, journalists often, don't they, say that they uh, publish things because it's in the, the national interest or the public's interest to do so. And you think, mm, yes, it is. But you are also... A journalist, aren't you? You want to report. Everybody wants that big story. Yeah, that's it. It's like a career-defining story, isn't it? Now, we are going to cover the TV interview in part two. Yes, Jessica, I forgot to tell you, this is a two-part podcast. This is our, I was going to say it's our first two-part podcast, but I feel like it's not. Okay. I suppose it's the first one split over to for one particular event. So there's no kind of summary of, you know, what this was about in terms of a moment in history oh it's like a cliffhanger in part two where we'll be looking at that interview and what happened afterwards oh well I cannot wait just get in contact yeah okay well I I honestly can't wait for part two of Charlie Sheen the interview that was dramatic wasn't it you know, I nod a lot on podcasts don't you and I realize it just comes across the silence it's like I've switched off (laughs) maybe I should have a button that says she's nodding (laughs) So that people are aware you're in agreement. Oh, no, I've just done my wheezy laugh. Do you know my kids say I sound like a kettle when I do that? <laughs> kids are so mean. They are mean. The other day they were like, oh, the kettle's back. I was just like, thanks. I, I love that. That's all I'm going to hear every time I hear you laugh now. Yes, it's like a little kettle. I like it. I like it. Right, amazing. Thank you. Good job, you. Right, see you next time. Okay, my lovelies. Thank you for listening to HIV Hope and Charity. If you'd like to know more about the work that we do, visit tvps.org.uk. And please like, subscribe and rate the podcast if you enjoyed it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.